always weird when you hit record and then your face is like right here. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, we were just talking like you're in the army, right? Right. Yep. Yeah. So how did that all come about? Like, when did you decide to join the army? Man, um, it's actually, it actually is a pretty interesting story. Um, and a lot of people don't know this story about me, but I actually, I dropped out of high school. Um, really? Yeah. When I was a senior in high school, uh, September 11th had happened. And I already kind of knew that I was going to join the military. Uh, basically, every male in my family has been in the military, um, Army, Air Force, Navy, uh, whatever that may be. Um, my dad was a Green Beret. Um, oh, so that's right. I kind of knew that that, that was going to be my path. Um, I had this kind of idea in my head that I would go... Uh, <laughs> I would go to college first. I'd join the, mil- uh, join the military after as an officer. And then, uh, you know, shortly into my senior year, uh, September 11th happened. And I was a weird spot in my life anyway, where I think that I was getting kind of, you know, bored and disgruntled and, and just kind of like, I already know what I'm going to do. So uh, why not go now? Because my, my kind of concern or my fear was, is that I would miss any kind of war or conflict that would come as a result of 9-11. You know, if, if I didn't hurry up and get there then a uh, few months, a year or two would probably be too late to go do anything. <laughs> How wrong are yeah, you on that one? 20 years later, you know? <laughs> um, so, so I actually, I, uh, I, I went to my parents, uh, you know, who were, who were split. Um, my, uh, my dad lived in San Antonio and I kind of said like, Hey, uh, this is what I'm doing. And of course they both said, you know, like, absolutely not. Uh, you're a lunatic. Your dad too. And my dad too. Yeah. I guess that uh, is that something typical. So like, would you tell your kids if they said they want to join the army, would you be like, no? Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd react the same way, I guess. It's like in terms of like, so it wasn't, it wasn't joining the military. It was the idea of quitting to join because my yeah. dad actually had the foresight to, so like, to know that this thing is going to last, you know, a while. It's not like, you know, you, you've got time type of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, uh, I, I did it anyway against, you know, their wishes basically. Um, and I just, I, I quit and went and got my GED um, a couple of days later. And then I went to the recruiting station and signed up. Um, so a couple months later, you know, I got sent to basic and all that stuff. And um, while I was in my first unit, I, I specifically asked to go to 10th mountain division, which um, there was a, there's a lot of history behind the 10th mountain division in terms of they're the most deployable unit, in, in the military, you know, when, when anything happens, they're the first to go and operation Anaconda that started basically Afghanistan. That's who they sent, um, immediately. So, uh, that's, I asked to go there, you know, knowing full well that they'd kind of be the first ones in the thick of it. Uh, when I got to my unit, I was there for, uh, a couple months and we'd kind of been told that we were getting ready to go to Afghanistan, be ready for that because there was 10th mountain units that were already there and we're going to rotate in and out. Um, and then, um, you know, there's a string of, of kind of, uh, warning orders and, and recalls and things like that, that go with, uh, when you're about to get deployed and they called us up one night and they said, Hey, get all your stuff. Cause our bags have been packed for, for months, just waiting to leave. There's an airstrip at 10th, uh, 10th mountain, Fort Drum, New York. There's an actual airstrip there. So it's like, you can jump onto a C-130 and just fly out. And so, uh, they call us, you know, one morning and basically tell us, Hey, get all your stuff. We're heading over to the airstrip. We're leaving. And then when we were there, they said, uh, 
surprise you're going to Iraq instead. And so, of course, we've been training for, for months and months and, you know, uh, trying to, to learn Pashto and stuff like that, which is what the Afghanis speak. And uh, then we find out that we're going to Iraq and it was just like this crazy curveball. Iraq was a different situation because uh, my unit specialized in kind of more the uh, uh, close quarters combat um, type of like uh, entering clearing buildings and rooms and things like that. Yeah. Um, and we kind of prepped more for uh, being on foot dismounted because that's what we do is, you know, at most maybe you jump in a helicopter and fly somewhere and get dropped off, go do your thing, get picked up. Uh, Iraq turned into, uh, it was all a, a mounted uh, operation, you know, Humvees and, and uh, tanks and, and uh, armored carriers and things like that. So that wasn't something that, that we traditionally or typically did, um, which was, it was an adjustment. It was kind of odd, you know, so that's, that's my story in a nutshell, how I got to, you know, where I was going. <laughs> were you good at school? Like, did you like school or were you just Yeah, like... I was always like a, I was always like a B student um, yeah. because it was one of those things where I, I kind of, I guess I was smart enough to get by, um, you know, and uh, didn't really care for the, for the work though. What's that? I <laughs> didn't really care yeah. for like doing the schoolwork. Mm-mm. No, it's uh, there were certain things that, that intrigued me, certain subjects that I, you know, liked um, stuff that I think I found more important or practical. I would, yeah. I would kind of fixate on. Uh, and then other things, you know, I was, uh, with like procedural math and stuff i i can you know I, I can do great you know math adding and subtracting stuff in my head really like pretty quickly and stuff but when you start to ask me to memorize a bunch of theorems and you know it, it goes south pretty it's quick. like what, am I, what do i do that for yeah, exactly it's yeah. uh, i think that was kind of the the deal was is, is this important or no because if it's important then i'll you know i'll memory hole it if not then it's it's i don't yeah. need it I'm, I'm pushing out to the side yeah well i mean a lot like and I know the way I am with school is like, I, or anything that I want to learn, it doesn't matter what it is. If I'm interested, I go like super intense into that thing right. yeah. and go do deep dives and research and learn all these different things. And I'm soaking up all of the knowledge and I'm retaining it. If I don't, man, it takes, it's so hard for me just to get, just to get by, yes. like just enough to get. That, that, was, that was very much me. And I, th- I think that was, uh, you know, I've always kind of lived my life. Like um, I, I remember when I was, I guess, probably about junior high, you hear about like uh, the, uh, what, what they call the Renaissance men and stuff like Leonardo and, and people like that. Um, kind of even going back to, you know, like now this uh, stoicism is, is, is something that's yeah. uber popular. People talk about. Um, and if you look at those guys, you know, going back to like Marcus Aurelius or whatever, um, there's a common theme of, of kind of this jack of all trades type uh, mentality. Um, and I, w- I remember, you know, I think I was like in junior high or something and, and started kind of like reading into some of these, these great minds of the past and these guys that, uh, you know, had, had revolutionized something or, or they you know, made some kind of significant impact. And there was always a kind of common theme, which was that they were very multifaceted, you know, guys that uh, they, they had, uh, several different kind of um, trades. They knew multiple different languages. They had different interests and hobbies and things like that. Um, and I think it's I think it's awesome when somebody is really really good at one thing and they're just like the best and hyper fixated yeah. on it and that's their life. But 
I, I think it's more valuable, at least on a personal level, that you know a little bit about everything. You know, you can, you can kind of get by, you know, maybe like that jack of all trades, master of none type thing. Yeah, like yeah, I, yeah, can, yeah. I can get by virtually doing anything. I might not be the best or the greatest at, at one thing. <laughs> um, but, you know, again, like I, I, I appreciate that about people. I think it's awesome. I wish there was times where I, would, I could just say I'm the absolute best at something. But, you know, if I uh, can, can get around a couple different languages and I, I can get around, obviously, you know, uh, at least uh, on the uh, above average physically fit, you know, if, if you, uh, you know, you know a little bit about cars, you know a little bit about X, Y, or Z business, then I think you, you fare better in the long run, you know. Yeah. I mean, I guess it could be viewed different ways. Like sometimes I think that if you take a break from that thing that you're so zeroed in on, like you love that one thing. And then you learn a bunch about like different things, your common sense and way to relate to the thing that you like when you come back to it, you'll be better. Sure. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, I know singularly focused people, they're just so dedicated to right. one thing, Yeah. but then I've also known people that are uber talented that are kind of good at a lot of different things. Right. Like, they, they love, they have hobbies outside of that one thing. That's what makes them good. I think it depends on the person. I, I would agree. Yeah, I you think know? so. That's why I say I, I do have a, like a deep respect and appreciation for people that are just, you know, hyper fixated on, on being the best or, or you know, um, having having this one specific thing. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, uh, what it does is 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 when you have that, you lose a lot of your kind of peripheral. And, and by that, you know, kind of what I mean is basically that uh, I think that you get almost, almost like blinded, you know, to some degree that, that you're, uh, I'll give an example. Like uh, one of the things, uh, you know, and I know this is a hot, hot button topic, but like with COVID stuff, um, you basically had most of what would be like the medical community that was in agreement that this was just massive plague and epidemic and that people were dying. And the only way to fix it or the only way to curb it is, is through um, these pretty, uh, you know, kind of, I, I guess what would be a like archaic type of, of, um, you know, mandates and things like that. Um, but when it kind of came down to it, like the, it was because, those people don't know anything about economy. They don't know anything about, you know, social groups or interactions. They don't yeah. know anything about. So, so it's like they, they got this precise, very opinionated idea about what to do about something, but they could not take into account multiple other variables because that's just not right. something that they, so it's like, yeah, this guy might be a, you know, phenomenal uh, general practitioner, whatever it is that he does. And maybe, I mean, maybe even he's, he's, uh, you know, uh, specialized in something, but that doesn't mean that this person uh, knows the best course of action to, um, you know, to, 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 to work around a, a so-called pandemic. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, there's two things. What you said is I never, like, I never thought of it from that angle where they're just so singularly focused. But one thing I do know, like without any ill intentions at all, they sat there and looked at it from, so doctors are reactionary to, they're trying to fix something that's already damaged, right? Right. So they're they're safety prone. They're not going right. to tell you, hey, go jump off this rock into water because you might hurt yourself and then you'll come see me and I don't want to have to fix you. Like, yep. Yep. I'm trying to keep you from coming in to see me. So be live in a bubble. Don't ever walk around. Don't scrape your knee. Don't do this. Don't Correct. do that. Like that's yeah. doctors. They're prone to tell you how 
to stay out of their office in a sense of like, what did you, how did you break your arm? Like if you, if you ask me, how did you break your foot? It's like, well, I flipped off of a stage. I landed sideways. So you probably should not stop doing flips. Right. Correct. Like, yeah. No, yeah. I'm not going to stop doing yeah. flips. Like, you how, know what how, I mean? How, but, do you, how do you mitigate that? Assuming, right. let's just assume that I'm not going to change, you know, anything. How, how do I <laughs> mitigate the damage caused right. by that? You know, but, um, but when you think that way, you think in that term of that, you can live inside of a bubble and everything will be fine. The problem is human beings have to go out and do jobs. People have to mow the lawns. Otherwise infestations come in. People have to go interact with people. There's psychological things with that. There's all sorts of stuff with that. So there's, there's more than just coming in for that disease that's damaging for one. And, you know, and for two, if you really think about it, common sense wise, you can't stop an invisible creature such right. as a, vi- a, right. a, a respiratory virus. Like right. it's something that, that spreads that like it's impossible to stop it. Well, you know, and, and, and to that degree, you know, two things come to mind based off that one is, is that um, there was a lot of almost like there was this, just this weird immediate consensus about something that nobody really understood. And then that, you know, and again, it's like, I know like general practitioners, I know, you know, I know people that are, are, are um, oncologists, you know, I know people that are physical therapists. I know people, they don't have a, clue about virology like there's no so so even you, you there's almost like this idea that there's they, they call it like a, a an appeal to authority uh-huh. that if somebody has what would be um even you know perceptive uh, uh, authority to them then they automatically warrant more kind of um like uh <laughs> <laughs> oh, the cat playing. <laughs> it's a sweet cat. It's a sweet cat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, you know, kind of going back to the point. Um, one of the things that you saw almost immediately was, is that there was kind of this consensus between all these doctors and stuff um, that the, a general practitioner barely, and I would, and I would, I would give, you know, some um, argument that, that there's a case to be made that has a GP has a little bit more uh, uh, guidance or expertise or something than say you or I, um, but it's not, just because somebody's a doctor doesn't know mean they have the slightest idea about COVID nineteen yeah. or, or right. you know, Wuhan virus or whatever. I don't think anybody um, really knew though, and they, they really and they don't didn't. think they did. I mean, yeah. I, I think that's where the fear came in. And this is one thing where you can speak of it differently, just hearing your story, like as a kid, and then knowing the things that I did as a kid, and like a lot of kids that grew up seventies, eighties, like when you grow up through even the nineties, for really like even the nineties part was this way until really technology came in where you had the internet really came in. Um, the, the reaction to fear is what blew my mind. And that's yes. the part of it. Like nobody really knew. So what do we do? And now we're super scared because fear creeps in about all these things that could happen. It couldn't happen. And like, you're sitting there like really wanting to go into the army and go into Afghanistan. Like you're, you you do not want to miss the war. Right. There's nothing 
scarier than that. Like yeah. there's nothing scarier than going into a battle where like you, you're having people are shooting at you. You're trying to kill the other person. They're trying to kill you. Like yeah. that's the ultimate goal of this situation. And you're not playing by rules. There's no rules in that situation. It's just, it is what it is. Like your right. tactics can beat their tactics and it's the ultimate truth game. Like you win or lose. Right? Of, course, you, of course, you know, like some of that to some degree is, is being, young and dumb and, and ignorant sure, because sure. you don't know what you're, what you're kind of getting yourself into um but I mean, your fear you level can, you can have a general idea but it's kind of like yeah you know like <laughs> there there's there there are a lot of things that i learned you know as a result kind of on the backside. Um, yeah probably it, it's funny because there's probably things that um i'm i'm, I'm probably more mindful of now that I wasn't then and, and maybe then put a little bit more credence in some things that probably aren't as, as a big deal as, as now. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it does. Yeah. Um, I think that's life in general. And, and, and honestly, you know, one of those things again, with like going kind of full circle back to, to this COVID stuff and, and, the, and the government and authority reaction and stuff is that um, the bureaucrats, um, and, and, you know, of course, again, that's from the city all the way up to the federal level. Um, a lot of times they're, they're just like, like idiots might be too harsh, but, <laughs> but they're, they're not, um, it's, a, it's the same thing as um, the, the general, the average person walking down the street that's, that's terrified of COVID. Um, they, these are the same people that, that, you know, um, govern us. Um, they're, they're, they're emotionally susceptible to, you know, yeah. to being afraid to uh, one of the big things that I noticed right away immediately was, is nobody would step up and actually um, kind of talk back any of these mandates or, or, you know, the, just the emotional irrational way people were acting because they were afraid of liability. It's like, anytime you went to yeah. like a, a business or anytime that you, you know, dealt with any kind of public official or whatever, even, you know, in Texas or, you know, uh, Florida with uh, Governor DeSantis to some degree. He was the first person to be like, this is stupid. Like, we're not doing this anymore. Up until that point, basically, everybody was silent. And yeah, then yeah. as soon as yeah. you see that where somebody finally says something, then the dominoes start to fall because because everybody was afraid of being the first one to be blamed that there was some huge surge in their state. or If Florida in, in didn't town. turn out good. Then they're like, oh, yes, exactly right. And so he would be he would be in trouble. That's that's something that I, I I've I've you know known or felt for a long time, but it really got solidified with the COVID stuff. Is you've got people in positions of authority, um, and again, these they're mostly just uh, whether they be you know elected officials or unelected bureaucrats. But when they work for the government, there's always an element of uh, incompetence, and there's always an element of kind of this. Uh, it's like a self-serving type thing, yeah. you know, like um, it's not about like doing the right thing. Now, now the right thing and, and action and, you know, those things might align sometimes and everybody yeah. might be happy about these things, but that's never the, 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 the primary goal is never for the um, you know, the, the populace. It's, it's always for that immediate self-serving type of, of um, again, kind of like, damage control type situation you know yeah um covid really it really disappointed me um because i knew a lot of people personally knew people that they they really went kind of all in on you know um 
disassociating from people and and kind of having this this mentality that uh it's like they're so so much more virtuous than everybody else because they follow the rules and because they get vaccinated and they do these things that these people you know they they kind of tell them to do and it's going to make everything better and they go do it nothing gets better you know um and then it's almost kind of like uh they double down because they don't want to be wrong. You know, there's like this, this human nature element of like, if you really believe in something wholeheartedly, if you've bought, you know, this, this, this agenda um, and you get presented with evidence that, that it's inaccurate. um, It's, it's very difficult to ever to admit because what's ultimately what that kind of means is, is like you, you, you were dumb, you know, like, like yes. whether true or not, but the idea is, is that you fell for something that you got duped, you allowed yourself to be yeah. manipulated yeah, yeah. and nobody wants to admit that. No. So even now you still see, you know, where people are they're you know, they're kind of like barely tiptoeing out. And it's almost like this idea that um, everybody's just like acting like it, it just disappeared or went away. And I'm, I'm sitting there thinking, it's like, you know what, six months ago, like I knew people that were hysterical like that literally would have like, like taken <laughs> yeah. taken somebody's yeah. kids away from them for not being vaccinated or something like like we know people like that yeah. and it's a frightening concept to see what happens to people when they get scared because that goes back to the basis of this whole thing yeah people were scared and they they did they 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 led themselves right into the rail cars and it's it's frightening yeah, yeah. they have no relationship with fear that's right like there's exactly. no yeah you haven't tested that like you haven't seen the fear before of anything like you have even on a small scale yeah it's so safe everything you do is so like oh i can't like people ask me all the time you roll a blade without a helmet I'm like yeah i do like it's not smart like it's dumb yeah it's not the safest way to do things but like i believe that i have some sort of little relationship from fear from things i've done as a kid you understand the risks yeah, yeah. i understand risk reward like and and the way kim puts it is the best like i do dangerous things safely and as long as you have your life insurance policy up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, All right, well, <laughs> go yeah. ahead. Yeah. But you know, like you really get to see how people freak out when something happens. Yeah. Like you're like, whoa, I didn't know how many people nowadays would just go berserk like that. I mean, yes, it's, it can be scary, but take a breath and like, what can you actually do about it? Yeah. Nothing. You can't, you're talking about stoicism. That's everything in stoicism pretty much falls back to like, don't worry about the control things you can't you can. control. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like, but the things you worry about the most, I've realized this a lot, uh, especially lately, is the things that you worry about, at least for me, is the things that I can't control. I have, like, even if I mess up, I'm okay with that. I don't Absolutely. worry about the things like that. But if I can't control the outcome, good or bad, oh man, that's like, it's like, I don't, why am I stressing over that? I really can't. do anything i can do things like act properly to try to deflect things in a certain manner to try to like mitigate those things that you can't control to to find a workaround or something or right yeah you know i I started thinking about things in terms of um you know trying to prioritize what's important or you know what's what's something that is it like because i I love to procrastinate like i you know (laughs) i'm a natural procrastinator I'll, i'll freely admit it um i will wait till the last minute on a lot of things but you can do that uh if you can correctly prioritize or assign you know importance a level of importance to certain things and there are things that 
like I know I can procrastinate on. And there are things that you know that you can't. And um, it's kind of like also you also look at, okay, well, if, if I flub this up or, you know, whatever, uh, exactly how bad is that? You know, is that is this is a really big deal or is it kind of a minor type of thing? Yeah. And so I started looking at things that way, um, you know, because because my life, you know, I've got I've, it's far from perfect, uh, but but it's it's pretty good. Um, and I kind of realized that it got better as I learned to kind of let go of things. Um, because one of the things, you know, they talk about with, with regards to stoicism and stuff is that all you're doing by, uh, you know, kind of having these anxieties and stuff is, is you're, you're, you're living in problems that don't exist yet. You know, like if you're, if you're constantly looking yeah. ahead at, at, at problems and it's like, Oh, well, this is kind of, a lingering thing and, and certainly you can't do anything about it right now then all you're doing is 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 constantly kind of living in anxiety and anxiousness for nothing you know because it's like that that hasn't happened yet so yeah don't you know why are you worried about it which of course is is easier said than done um but it it puts things into perspective a little bit whenever you really can kind of have that moment of levity to sit down and say, it's like, Hey, is this a big deal or not? Because at the end of the day, if you go back and you think about like, you know, and, and I've, I've, I've had some pretty, um, I guess like catastrophic or traumatic events in my life. Um, still here, you know, like I'm yeah. still here and yeah. things are pretty good. You know, <laughs> um, there have definitely been points in my life where I'm, I'm like, like, this is, this is awful. Like this is life changing. Yeah. It's going to make my life substantially worse you know i'm going to go through something and i'm going through something that i might never recover from you know things are going to be awful and then all of a sudden fast forward one two seven years ten years later and things are great you know and it's like yeah so you put that in a perspective and of course you think about things like you know god forbid you know you lose somebody very close to you or something like that you know those are things that um would be more of a you know obviously a, a life-changing um long-term or forever type event that you would have to learn to manage or cope with. But other than that, what the fuck is there? You know, like, <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's like, I, I don't give a shit, you know, like whatever. It's, it's just, it's yeah. literally that simple to me. You Unless know? you've committed some sort of major crime right. and you're going to prison for that, a yeah. really long time. Exactly. None of this stuff is forever. Like even bankruptcy is not forever. Right. You know what I mean? Like exactly. you can lose all your money. People have lost their money two and three times and are millionaires. And become the president. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah exactly. become the president. Yeah. But I mean, that like, it's really true. Like Dave Ramsey lost all of everything. He was delivering pizzas in, mm-hmm. in his car, you know, and look at him. Yeah. Like, it's not something my dad, like, spent all of his life in one industry, was forced out of it kind of in a weird way in this situation into a different industry got back into that industry and then just decided to change it completely. Like I think in his mid forties, he just went, I want to do something totally different. He went back to school and created a totally different career. And then he changed it again and went a different direction. Like, so, so there's really nothing we get, you're, you are right. And I just happened to think of that. that like we get stuck in thinking things are going to be forever yeah. this pain like the struggle is going to be forever that i'm running right now not if you don't want it to be like you just keep putting one foot in front of the other and eventually it's out of your way see and i, I don't know this isn't you know this isn't based on anything other than just kind of um 
um, you know, a, a little bit of, of education or experience and, and certainly personal experience or um, kind of having exposure to things in life. But I, I kind of feel like it's, it's a, oftentimes to have that outlook or mentality, you really have to know uh, what rock bottom is. You have to have felt it because if you do it, and then of course you can kind of go one of two ways. Like if, if you ever go through something that's just uh, extremely traumatic or um, you, you feel like, you know, completely helpless or hopeless or whatever, and you kind of hit that rock bottom of, of depression or whatever that is, um, you can either kind of succumb to it and, and that just becomes your, your life, your norm, or you fight through it. And, you know, as much as you might not even know that you're doing it at the time, but, but at that year or two or whatever that takes, whatever this event is, that it, it eventually passes. And then I think, you know, you kind of wake up one day and, and you're just like, I, I did it, you know, and, and I survived. And if, and if that didn't kill me, what, what else is there? You know, like, like if yeah. you, if you really feel like you've kind of gone through it, uh, life looks a lot different once you kind of make it through the other side on that. Yeah. Know? So that's, that's something, you know, I've, I've, I've had some experiences in life where, um, but then the, there, here's a question. Does the traumatic thing that you went through sometimes seem as traumatic as it did in the moment? You know, I don't know. Uh, that's a, that, I mean, there's some things that definitely do. And you look back and like, maybe you won't, you're not in that place. Be like, dude, I just went through that. Like if you, a near death experience is yeah. by far, like that's something crazy. You seeing people die or like, ha- like being car accidents, whatever yeah. that may be. Like if you've witnessed these things, those things can be like uber traumatic, right? Death of a loved one, those sort of things, you know, in like a out of the norm type of yeah. way. But outside of something crazy like that, I often think like, man, sometimes they feel a little bit more traumatic in the moment. You look back, you're like, well, that wasn't that bad. You know what I think that is though? And I, I've, I've thought about this and, and I've, I've, you know, it's, it's, I've, I've made this point to, to people, um, I think it, I think it's, that's like desensitization is where you get to a point where, um, and and I'm, and I'm guilty of this sometimes where it's hard to be like empathetic to other people because you kind of do that whole thing. (laughs) You prioritize like what their current problem is or what they're going through. And you're just like, are you fucking kidding me? Like that (laughs) you're falling apart over that because, because this happened to me that I've been through this and it's just like, um, when you look back at, at maybe your own problems, even you sit there and you say, well, you're, you're almost desensitized to it because, because you did go through it. You yeah. did, you know, you, you knocked it out, you beat it. So it's kind of like, that ah, really wasn't a big deal. Well, I mean, shit's a big deal. You know, it's certainly a big deal at the time. And I think of course, like you, you, you kind of make that point that time kind of changes that perception. Uh, but I've certainly felt like, uh, and this is something that I have to navigate with, you know, with, with, uh, with relationships with friends and things like that, where, uh, people are kind of going through something and it's not from coming from a place of, of, you know, genuinely not caring or genuinely not being sympathetic, but it's hard to have empathy sometimes whenever you think you've gone through something that's just far worse than, than what anybody else can imagine. Like Um, suck it up buttercup. I I, I, I honestly (laughs) do believe it's true. I I think it is true. I think it is one of those things that, People don't, they, they just, so many people haven't really been through 
the ringer, you know, like they've, um, and, and even if they have to some degree, and this is this, the, the subjective side of me, they didn't learn what they were supposed to learn from it. You know, they didn't learn this idea of like, you need to be a fucking warrior. Like if, if, if something happens to you, if you have to deal with something or go through something, you can choose two paths. You can, you can lay down or you can fight. Yeah. And, and it's like, you're going to like, everybody is going to have scars. Like you're going to have scars. You're going to have like residual effects. Everybody does for, you know, again, from that gamut of, of, is this really serious? Is this really, you know, or, or is this kind of a minor inconvenience? Everybody has scars and everybody yeah. has, you know, these, these residual effects of things that they've gone through that, that that's not the, the difference between kind of giving up and fighting, you know, it's like, you're going to fight and, and you're going to come out damaged. You certainly are, but that's that continual evolution of how do you, um, how do you continue to manage that? How do you continue to try to become a better person? How do you continue to try to, um, you know, fix those lingering residual effects. Yeah. Um, and I, and I feel like you've seen that to some degree, uh, with, with everything going on in the world. Um, we've, we've just become soft, you know, and I don't think that yeah. anybody, there's always this kind of idea, um, to where you kind of like coddle people and their problems now. Um, that that's that's the way that you you know so-called treat uh yeah you know elements is, is like you almost kind of placate to them or it's like you know don't get me wrong there's there's plenty of times where you have to be like uh you know emotionally um you know uh i guess uh, there's a difference consider between it helping helping somebody and being helpful and beneficial to them and then enabling them to just Enable, linger yeah. on yeah. that like you know on their their problems like it's almost like they don't want the problem to go away. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, that there's a difference between truly helping somebody. Like if somebody asks, people get annoyed with me sometimes because they'll ask me a question. I think of solution. I try, my brain automatically goes to how do we fix, fix it? Yeah. How do we fix, fix it? it? How do I fix? Okay. It sucks. Yeah. How do I fix yeah. it? How do I fix this? And it's like, I don't want you to tell me how to fix it. I just want to vent. I'm yes. like, well, crap. Yeah. I was being, I, that's not, I, that wasn't the role I was playing right you now. I don't know how many times I've heard that. How do I get out of that <laughs> mindset of like, yeah. okay, I have to shut my mouth and just listen. But is it your job to do that? Like, I mean, I guess in what capacities, like if you're talking to your, to your wife or your girlfriend or something like that, um, maybe a close friend, you have that. Uh, but then you, you have some of those uh, times where it's just like, is it my job to listen to you fucking whine? <laughs> like, like if you're going to come to me with a, yeah. with a problem, yeah. then, then let me help you address it, you know? And then, and certainly don't come to me, uh, if you're not going to even follow it or listen to it or act on it. Yeah. You know? um, Cause if you want to be the person that, that uh, people, I mean, it's, it's, it's so draining. Like when people come to you and they whine all the time, like yeah, if it's you, constant, it's yes. just constant type of, yes. Um, and, and I think that, you know, people, they don't know the difference between probably venting and like complaining or whining, you know, kind of being that. Yeah. And, sure. and, and sometimes there is, and I, I again, I'm kind of like, I, I felt like I know where you're going with the idea of like, <laughs> just, just come up with a solution and yeah. fix it and move on. And we don't have to talk about it anymore. Right. Like, that's, opti- that's, away. that's what being a real optimist is. It's not like, yeah. it's not, not seeing the suckiness in things, ignoring problems. It's literally yeah. like, 
well, how do I find a way out of this? Like, yeah. I'm not going to stop fighting until I get out of this little situation that I'm in. Like, yeah. there's got to be another way. There's got to be another hole. There's, there's got to be something I can do that can better my situation. And it's not, it's not the idea either that you're just like, uh, just, just some slap happy idiot that everything is going to work out. No, great. Not because, because it's not, you know, like you're going to have a problem. And for the most part, there's no, um, there's no clean solution to a problem. You know, you're, right. you're juggling, you're juggling like, like, okay, you have a problem and you've got multiple options to fix it. Each one of them, one might be more, you know, better or more attractive than the other, but each one of them is going to have like, like positive and a negative. And, of connotation. In it. and so yeah. it's like, you know, the kind of taking water out of one side of the bathtub, you know, you've got, you're going to move stuff around. And once you move stuff around to try to accommodate for this issue, something else is going to kind of pop in its place. You know, you're going to have to navigate something else. And so the idea of just being optimistic is it's almost like, I don't even look at it as optimism. I look at it almost like just, just not being a, a emotional <laughs> nutcase, you know, like chill out, like it's going to be okay. You know? Yeah. Um, and again, it's, it's easy when you, when you're talking about, you know, the, the 90% of problems that most people might incur things like that. Right. It's totally different when right. you're talking about the loss of a, a very close loved one or something, or somebody gets a catastrophic illness or terminal illness or something. Yeah. I mean, there, there are instances where it's just like, I mean, we can sit here and say, Jesus, how do you recover from that? You but know, then like, you look like at a, those people and they, you go like, man, what a animal, yeah. like, what oh, a complete yeah. animal yeah. that person is. Cause they just kept trucking. Like, I look at people like that, you know, somebody that? That, that, you know, somebody that loses their, their sight or a limb or something. And they do these, these amazing things and stuff. And I can literally sit there and just be like, I don't know if I could do that. You know, like I <laughs> yeah. really don't like, yeah. uh, I mean, I can sit here and, 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 you know, talk uh, all the crap I want about being this, you know, tough person, mentally, physically tough person. Um, but I look at some things that people have accomplished with, uh, you know, more adversity than I have and, and say like, damn, you know, like, I don't even know if I could do that. That's impressive. Yeah. So I don't know, man, I don't have all the right answers. I don't think, but uh, <laughs> I feel like if you, you know, if you kind of, if you really kind of sit down and you think about things in terms of like, uh, where where your um, balance in the world is you know where do i fit in um i kind of see it as one of those deals that if you if you're not constantly questioning and i don't mean outright just being belligerent about the you know the status quo or authority uh but if you're not constantly questioning the the norm the narrative um oh, yeah. the, the general opinion about things if you're not constantly questioning yourself um, if you're not looking at just multiple, it kind of goes back to that jack of all trades thing. If you're not taking in information from as many sources as you can, you, you can feasibly navigate, yeah. then you're doing yourself, you're doing everybody else a disservice. Um, because, because again, you know, you, you look at these, these, these crises that pop up that just completely put people on their heads and change the, the narrative around the country. When you go from like race relations to COVID to, to Ukraine, uh, to, to the row stuff, everybody loses their minds. And then it's like, what, a, a few weeks or so go by 
And it's like, nobody even cares anymore. You know, like I, the yeah. Rose stuff with two, three weeks ago, I couldn't, I couldn't get on social media without everybody. Like they're, they're, they're coming to put women in prison camps and stuff. Like it's just <laughs> insane. Right. And then all of a sudden nobody is like, you don't hear anything yeah, because they realize like, Oh my God, my life didn't really change that much. You know, like, yeah. um, and so uh, it's like, just take a step back. As soon as that wave starts coming in of people just losing it, just kind of take a step back and don't, you know, it's like they, they talk about like, if you, uh, um, if you, if you uh, play with mud or whatever, you get some on you type of thing or whatever. It's like, if you, if you remove yourself from the fray and just kind of say, it's like, let me see how this kind of plays out. Let me question, let me, let me take in some, yeah. you know, kind of, kind of contradicting type evidence or, um, I feel like if you're not doing that, then you're really kind of, you might make it through life. You probably will make it through. Oh, life. you will. That's fine. Yeah. You'll make it. You, through, you but... might even, you know, be, be wildly successful. Um, but if you really want to talk and, you know, people always talk about like the meaning of life and what's the point and all that kind of stuff. If you're really looking at it in terms of that, I mean, it's like, um, I, I don't want to just, you know, kind of, follow the path through you know what i mean yeah just exist it just exists that's, yeah, that sounds just, boring no no way man not for me yeah <laughs> well i mean the like what that part of what you're saying like the the hysteria of people they will make it through life they they have been and they are and i think that's part of our situation now is like their echo chamber is everybody they agree with all the time yeah there's only one solution to this problem. This is the way to that. And they never entertain the other angle of things. And then with social media, they've, their algorithms are all things to either upset them that like poke at them, but it's all from one side. It's all yes. on their side of the way they look at things. I remember I had a friend like come at me one time and was like, dude, I can't believe that you're this aggressive Trump supporter. You're this, you're that. Like, I can't believe that this is that like, how, when did this come on? I was like, well, not really. Like, well, you reposted this on Twitter. I, I was like, yeah, but I reposted what Tulsi Gabbard said on Twitter. Right. Yeah. Like, do you not see that one? Like, and, and oh, yeah, I, I didn't. Exactly. No, I didn't. I go, yeah, like, I'm just saying, like, I look at what pe- their actions, I ha- and I had to, like, practice this. I'm not saying I'm the best at it either because I definitely have my biases. But when you say question everything, that's the only way to get the honest truth. And I love honesty. Like honesty is one of the most important things to me around because it's the only way you get better at anything. Yeah. And so like appreciating the honesty, well, what did the person actually do versus what's being said? Yeah. Like I don't, my wife is awesome at this. Like she hates words. She loves actions. That's yeah. it. And so it's like, that is, that is a true thing. Like what did the person actually do? Like if you were to take away the two-party system right now, Take away liberal and conservative, the name. Take away Democrat and Republican. Now look at what the people do. Like, look at their thing and look at what sure. what solutions they solve, what the policy or the thing they put in place did, what was the result of that, and then just make your decisions off of that. But it's like, no, we've got to have a team. I cheer for the Eagles. You cheer for the Cowboys. And no matter if Terrell Owens plays for both teams – I'm a fan of his when he's yeah. on my team yeah. and I hate his guts when he's on the other team. Man, I, I've, I've, I've been saying that for a long time now because um, it's frightening. Um, you know, I can, I can give so many examples of um, kind of the hypocrisy associated with the political parties and, and, and the teams. That team concept is frightening because, um, you know, like here, here's a great example of 
so the federal government is uh, it's it's like this just snowball fast track of getting way out of control, you know, and it, and it had, and it's been for, for many years, you know, people, people now, and this is the point people now on the, the, the right or the conservative or, you know, libertarian side, they're kind of becoming alarmed to now you, you have obviously the kind of the liberal progressive ideology, Democrats are in control of everything. And, you know, you're seeing this stuff where the uh, FBI or Department of Justice or whatever has been basically weaponized against any any kind of conservative kind of dissenting thought. Um, you, you saw the stuff where the they were going after you know parents at school board meetings because yeah. they didn't want their kids to wear freaking face masks. You know it's insane. And so um, the 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 right has kind of been awakened to this. And one of the things that I, you know again this is the time when I was in my late teens, early twenties. Uh, in the military and they had a, this was in high school. I think they had passed the Patriot Act and conservatives loved the Patriot Act (laughs) because it was just this amazing piece of of legislation that was going to make it to where these alphabet agencies could go and chase down, you know, evil Brown terrorists. And they're going to say conservative put it in place. Yeah. And, and, and a conservative president and you've got, and and don't get me wrong. Like most of the Democrats did too. But but what people you know were lost on people at the time, and they're seeing evidence of now that same apparatus that they cheered for is now the same stuff they're using to target the new bad guys, the new you know which are which yes. are the the white conservative Christian <laughs> redneck terrorists, you know like yep. domestic terrorists. That's they're using the same stuff that we cheerleaded for to 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 now use effectively, and I say we or us you know loosely, but that's they're using it now against this group of people that love that stuff before and you're seeing and, and what's going to be um, just, and you see it back and forth all the time, you know, where, where it's like they, they pass something. And then, so all that happens in the midst of all this is the federal government itself becomes like this bigger, larger, massive institution that, that anybody, whoever, whoever has like the, you know, the, the idiot stick, they, they can, <laughs> they can beat anybody they want as long as they're the one holding it. And, yeah, and yeah, no yeah. one gets that there because yeah. it's like, because your team right now has it, you're cheering like, yeah, Dude. make it. And that, and when they're talking about COVID mandates, they're talking about taking away yep. people's uh, uh, ability to defend themselves with firearms. They're talking about, you know, the uh, mandatory vaccines. They're talking about, again, taking these federal apparatuses and using them to go after yep. political dissent, things like that. The, the left and the progressives are just wildly excited about this idea. What they don't realize is, is that pendulum's going to swing back. And it's going to swing back. And whatever it swings back, you're going to have a lot of really pissed off people that want retribution. And you saw that, that you know, they're, they're going to say, you tried to ruin my life. Like you, you took over things for, for two years, four years, whatever that is. And you tried to literally destroy me. And so I'm going to do it now too. And that's, and it's now it's my turn. And it's going to be this, yeah, a ridiculous snowball effect because nobody is going to back down and say, you know what, because because you think to some degree they, they learned their lesson. It, when you try to be the bigger person and you say, we're going to stop all this stuff, we're going to take a step back, we're going to dismantle some of this, you know, overreach and yeah. stuff. You don't have any faith or confidence that they're going to do that when they get their turn next. You <laughs> know, so and everybody true. has that, that, yeah. that, that almost like self-preservation thing kick in where they're just like, Okay, it's my turn now. I'm I'm going to, and I I really believe that's kind of what happened with you know when when Hillary was was supposed to be the next president, and Trump just came out of nowhere yeah. and won this thing. 
they were counting on probably slow rolling what they're now doing today because they kind of felt like Hillary's going to get it. And we've got a few years now that we can kind of bring this in slower. What you've seen since Biden won is this massive acceleration of this kind of totalitarian type stuff. And now people it's, it's, it's shocked people. Yeah. Um, and I think that it, it, depending on what side of the spectrum you're on, I think it was a good thing in the sense that uh, it woke people up because I think we were in this, again, Democrat, Republican, left, right, whatever, we were all collectively kind of in this um, frog in the boiling water type scenario um, where, you know, they, they, over many years, decades, they were kind of slowly turning up the heat on that pot. <laughs> and yeah. you're just sitting in it like, like, you know, yeah. there, there are things that come along that, that you're kind of like, well, this really pisses me off. And then, but then again, two or three weeks later, whatever, no big deal. I've still got X, Y, and Z going for me. Um, I think, I think they turned that, that heat up way too fast this time. And you're seeing people jumping out because they're just like, what the hell? You hope uh, so. You, I, I do. Yeah. I mean, so. And, and I think it kind of goes back to, and I've thought about this a lot, that idea that people don't really want to admit that they were wrong. You know, people that fell for the Biden stuff, people that kind of. It's an honesty um, thing. They, but, they don't want to be able to look and say, man, I messed up, but I can still fix it. Like we can yes, still fix yeah. this. Like it doesn't have to be the guy you don't like that says things that you don't like. Like, you know, like it and, doesn't and, have to be that. It can be something totally different, but what they need to realize too. And, was, you know, and I, and I kind of got that hint from you before. And I think, I mean, I think, you know, where I stand on this stuff is I'm not a huge, like Trump guy. Like I'm not like, I, dude, I, I think Trump was, was even more kind of um, progressive is not the right word, but my opinion is, is like, is like start dismantling agencies, like, like take it down to yeah. the bottom floor the states need to be in control of 90, 99% of what the, what the government does. It's, it needs to be a state's right issue. Most of the federal agencies should not exist. Um, Trump wasn't, you know, and, and this is what blows people's minds, especially those on the left. Trump wasn't like, like kind of constitutional enough. You know, he wasn't conservative uh, enough. It, that's, that's the problem. He just um, sounded like it, it really was an optic if you actually look what he did, this is the problem. Like if you actually take away and look at all the things he did, he did a lot of, there was a lot of good things he did, Yeah, which is kind of yeah. crazy. Like he actually took a lot more action than some other people do. Yeah. Um, but like I said, as far as the things he said and some of the things he did, like, sure. Everybody does good things. does bad things. Like, you know what I mean? Yes. Like Obama did good things and bad things. Like he did plenty of both. Maybe if you believe one way or the other, he did more of one or the other, but he still did some yeah. things but what you said like the conservative the patriarch you know they follow that team and then they don't want to admit that that was a mistake yeah and when you take away freedoms this is one thing i've tried to for some reason people don't get it though when you say this to them they're like they want to take away the freedom to be able to say whatever you want to say like they want to lock people down you mm -hmm. can't say that because that's hate speech you can't say this like I don't really care if it is hate speech. To say the I truth. don't care at all. The, the, I want everybody to be able to say whatever they want to say, because what you said is 100% true. Whenever you put in something in place, you can't say this, right? We're going to outlaw saying this. Wait until the other guy gets in power. Yeah. Like you're only saying that because your side is the one making the rule. They think they're, they think their team's winning, right? Now. But when you take that same rule and you put the other team in control, yeah. now you're refused from saying the things that you want to say. Yeah. And I don't want that for either, either person. No. 
Like no. it's the same thing with guns. I want everybody who chooses to own it wants to own a gun. This, you know, there needs to be checks and balances. Well, the, it's it's, a, like, it's just mind blowing. It's uh, and it, and that's a fantastic point because it, it segues into the gun stuff. But the one of the things that I hear lately with you know regards to um, uh, what pe- people what people can say or whatever, it's like hate speech. It's like if it, yeah. if it's hate speech, you can't say it. Well, who determines that? Yeah. You know, because then, you know, one of the fantastic points about um, these states now passing these red flag laws with gun confiscation and stuff like that. Um, I do not like the, the, it's red, insane flag because the red flag law. It, drives me nuts. The, it's, it's, it's easy enough to just go in there and say it's like um, so. So New York and this is part of the gun control stuff, but but not a red flag law. But they passed a, uh, after the decision uh, in the Supreme Court, uh, what, two weeks ago. Uh, where they basically came out and said that um, these um, places like New York City or Chicago, wherever it is, that they have these very strict, firm um, uh, gun gun laws where you know you can't. Effectively, it's like you can't own a gun. Yeah, you have you have really, to get a if special. You, own it, you can't take it anywhere. You can't go outside with it. Right. You, you know you can't you can't carry out out the house. Um, but a lot of these places, the way that they were circumventing, you know, the, the right to keep and bear arms, which is probably the, the most and only absolute right in the uh, you know, Bill of Rights, was that they were making the um, permit process extremely prohibitive, where, you, where it was basically like, oh, yeah, you have a right here, but you have to get a permit, and the permit is, is impossible to get. So yeah. that's how they were getting around it. And so what New York, after they... They, you know, they threw a big fit after the Supreme Court case a couple of weeks ago. They came out and they basically um, fixed, um, okay, okay, yeah, we're going to let you have, uh, you know, carry permits. But one of the things that they put in the application process was that you have to submit two or three years worth three years. of your social media <laughs> yeah. postings. And in and, and, and the law, it actually says in there that, Whoever this this bureaucrat, this this case manager, this authority is that's going to review your application, um, he can basically look at your social media stuff and determine whether or not you have a right. Like like there's something uh, he can subjectively look at yeah. to say, well, you know, you had this post about X, Y, or Z, and it could be. I mean, literally, it's like, well it's a completely subjective type of thing. That's some guy. 100%. So, so I could be sitting there and approving all applications because I don't give a shit. Uh, <laughs> and then there could be some, uh, you know, some, some blue, you know, blue haired, uh, you know, chick that, that's got a liberal arts degree or something that thinks that nobody should own guns. Nobody would. <laughs> and she's going to, she, she's going to look on there and she's going to see that you put something on your thing, you know, a, a joke about transgender people. She'll look something. at it. She'll just go, no. And it probably no. not even look at it. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and, and so it's like, it's like those things, um, I, when, when the row thing happened and everybody freaked out or whatever, it's like, all that decision said was, is that the federal government shouldn't be deciding that. Yeah. And they acted like, like they were just like, it's fed to them that way though. If you look at the way it's fed from the, from political parties do this, they did that with, it was the most disgusting thing in the world, the Uvalde thing, because it went immediately into Beto running up and making a thing. All of the right and left from all over the country, they start saying gun control. And then this guy, the right starts saying their side. And it's like, dude, a bad person went into a school yeah. and shot kids. Like, yeah, let's investigate after action report, 
whatever, let's let, investigate that. But can we take a moment and just say like, hey, that's a bad person. Like, yes. can we at least admit that and stop making political sides and, out of everything immediately? And in regards but to But they that, do that with the road thing too. They did the same thing. They go, here's this thing. Oh, all women's lose their right forever. Yeah. You can't even vote anymore. You know what you have to and say? It, and you house. know what? It, it really pisses me off too with, with my friends and acquaintances and stuff that are on the more right side too, like on the right-leaning conservative side, because I'll see things they post on social media that are obviously over the top hyperbole, <laughs> or you see a lot of the, the QAnon stuff where you're just like, <laughs> yeah. like, because, because yeah. what that does is it's like, dude, you're making us look like idiots because there are, there are legitimate things that are really, you know, so, so-called conspiracy theories yeah. that, that are a lot of it. Most of it's true. There's a lot of stuff There's out there. There's a lot more true now. Than a lot more before. true. That's not, yeah. you know, stuff that you would say, and, and trust me at the beginning of like the, the COVID stuff, all that stuff, I was, I was where I'm at now. Like I knew back then that this was what was going on. You know, the whole, I knew that it came from a lab and it was probably, it was, it was definitely man-made and it came from a lab in China. Um, to what degree you sit there and say, well, was it done on purpose or, but they were, they were calling you a lunatic by just saying that it came from a lab, you know, like they were calling you a conspiracy theorist, but the, the idea that, you know, they were going to use it to, to change or manipulate the election somehow, which they absolutely did when it came to yeah. mail-in ballots and things like that. Um, face masks, you know, not working or, or the fact that at some point they were going to mandate and force people to get, to get shots, that they were going to try to use that as a mechanism to control people yeah. to your jobs, things like that. All those things happened. They all came true. And, and, and a year and a half ago, they were calling you a lunatic conspiracy theorist. If you even started at the, the baseline yeah. and the, the further, you know, and so, um, you know, now again, it's now like, you're well, still a lunatic conspiracy theorist, yeah. but that was just the correct thing. My, to say. my favorite was the ivermectin <laughs> stuff is because, yeah. you know, I was taking ivermectin within two months. I, I think y'all knew that. You yeah, know? yeah. 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 Most of my friends, my mom was, my mom was too. My mom like went and stocked up on it. I was taking it almost immediately because yeah. like, it's like something like, like, I mean, I'm from the country. I know what the hell ivermectin is. You know, I, yeah. I've, I've known what it is forever. Um, but when you started seeing data come out of, of, of in India was one with uh, with the Delta surge that they started treating people with ivermectin and the results were just completely undeniable. Like the the uh, positive cases plummeted within a month of people started getting prescribed that. And so, and I was taking it even before then, but people are, you know, uh, they're talking about the idea that it's like, oh, this is horse dewormer and stuff like that. And it's like, uh, do you understand that ivermectin literally won a Nobel Prize for being a breakthrough human medication? Yeah, river blindness. Like, like it was a, it is, it, it was, it won a new Nobel Prize for for doing like that much positive yeah. good in the world as a breakthrough medical innovation. Yeah. But they had people convinced that you know, and it's like even when you sit back and say, okay, what if it does nothing? It's not like you're, it, it, look at the side effects. Like there, there's really no literal yeah. residual side effects from taking it. So it's like, even if you're taking a placebo, basically, who gives a shit? But they had people convinced that this thing was not only ineffective, but it was actually bad for you, which are both completely wildly untrue. Yeah. And you didn't have people that would question that, you know, they, they just kind of they just ran with the narrative and I'm sitting there thinking now, and I, I mean, so it's been what? almost two years since since the COVID stuff started um, yeah i guess i mean I, close um, yeah 
Um, I stopped paying attention. I've, I've never had COVID. <laughs> like, I've never had it. Never once had it. Unless I was one of these people, these mythical or magical people that like were asymptomatic, asymptomatic spreaders yeah. and things yeah. like that. Well, you're not really a spreader if you're asymptomatic. I never got sick yeah. from it whatsoever. Am I going to sit here and say that it was because I was taking ivermectin? No, but it damn sure didn't hurt. Like whatever was going on, like I don't know yeah, what yeah. I did because I didn't change my lifestyle at all. I didn't stop going places. I didn't keep myself indoors. You know, I, I was still traveling out of state, going on trips and vacations and things like that. Yep. Didn't yep. mask, didn't social distance. I didn't change my life in the least. And I never once got COVID. Is that just because I'm just like, like super special and gifted or something? You know, it's like, like let's, and, and, and it goes back to the point when you start to figure out like, how do you, how do you learn, take in all this information, try to start to figure things out and learn things because I know people that are, if not once, if not three or four times vaccinated, and they've had COVID two or three or four times, yes, yeah. legitimately. Like, I know people that have been vaccinated multiple times, and they've had COVID multiple times. Yeah. And I'm sitting here thinking, it's like, maybe we are, like, maybe we should start looking at some of the data here. Like, why is it that this is going on? If it was me that I'd been multiple vaccinated and I've had COVID multiple times, I'd be asking questions. Yeah, the problem is, is what you, it's exactly what you said. It's not a political issue on left or right or whatever. It's that they sell it to them from their team. So they sell it on their yes. side, whichever side that is. And I'm not saying either side is right. I'm saying both sides sell something hard. And then they go, I'm not going to sit back and question what you just said to be real. Right. I'm going to like, hey, how about we just question it to make sure it's honest and true and correct oh no 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 we can't do that because this is what it is like how do you know that's what it is because i got it from over here yes but there's also this shelf over here you could get it from it might be a different price well do you remember that that weird (laughs) that weird little phenomenon where it's like it's like part and parcel with that where um you know trump was the person that 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 you know made the vaccine that was the thing like that was this crowning achievement was like i know he he That was and he pushed it super and he hard, pushed everybody. it hard. Everybody. And many people that I know that are Trump supporters that are Republicans and stuff are vaccinated. You know, like like this one should be one that transcends. They parties. forget that they forget that lockdowns, like the lockdowns, they, our freedoms and rights started to go away before he was out of office. Yeah, like yeah. he was promoting. Because he didn't know. And that was individual states right. that, that made right. those mandates and stuff. And, of course, you saw a correlation if it was a right. red state or if it was a blue state type of but thing. But he supported a lot of things and taking Measures. the truths away. But then people don't see that. They yeah. see only, like, he's not Biden. And you're yes. like, yes. wait, wait yeah. a second. Wait. Yeah. And, I mean, sending out stimulus checks. He sent out stimulus checks. We have inflation now. And I said it to some dude the other day that he's on the left side of things. But I said it the other day. I was like. Dude, who didn't think we were going to have inflation? They made up money to give us that we that yeah. got you through what a month of rent. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally, they gave us and the, little... and the vast majority of that money went to like like uh, government agencies. It went to like private businesses. Yeah. It went. It didn't go to individual people because it was you know it was, it was however many trillion dollars they passed. Yes, and they go back and they give each person twelve hundred bucks or whatever it was. And if you look at it, it was like. Your share of that, say you got twelve hundred bucks, your 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 burden now, your tax burden to pay for that twelve hundred dollars is somewhere to the tune of like ten thousand. Yeah. It's like where did all that money go? And it went to you know I saw something when they passed the bill immediately. Um, there was something about the 
Kennedy School of Performing Arts or something where they got like $10 million or something. Th those bills are, are 100 pages deep of all these places that all this money is going. And you're just like, what the hell does that have to do <laughs> yeah, with exactly. COVID? You know, exactly. but it's, it's because, you know, you got somebody in there that just says, it's like, well, um, this is their little pet project or it's their district yes. or whatever it is. That's where you see all this port come from places like you could have, you know, here where we live, uh, uh, you know, somebody that's considered a staunch Republican guy that that's supposed to be a, you know, thrifty kind of stop spending money, stop going into debt kind of guy. But they bring pork back to their district too. When they pass these multiple, yeah. you know, billion trillion dollar deals and stuff, they all stick things in there because ultimately at the end of the day, their idea is, is that they want to get reelected. And if, and if, you know, we collectively, we send a representative to, to, to Congress and you're looking around the other districts, the other, the other states and things like that, and you see all this money going back to the University of Minnesota or, you know, the, uh, the Department of Transportation in California or whatever. You look at your representative and say, why aren't you getting us money? Where's, where's our stuff? Why? Yeah. You know, and it's like, so that's nobody ever stops because there's this competition to, to, to get reelected. And in, and in order to do that, basically, you have to look like you're looking out for your people. You're taking yeah. care of their interests and stuff. And all that usually means is, is what are you going to give me? What are you going to get us? Um, yep. You can have the most staunch people, staunchly conservative people in, uh, let's say, right here down the road at Texas A&M. Um, and, and they'll, you know, they, in, in private, you know, in their, in their friends groups and peer groups and stuff, they'll talk about cutting government spending and waste and, you know, um, COVID mandates or whatever, but if if they could get a ten million dollar grant to A and M to study, you know, quarantine lockdown measures or something, they'd immediately jump on it. You know, like oh, just jump on it. You yeah. know, and it's like yeah, yeah. so you know you and you got to balance that with uh, um, kind of going back this full circle with the idea of friends and and kind of seeing how people to react to things and stuff like that. I was really disappointed when I saw a lot of, you know, a lot of friends and you see stuff on social media that, you know, even if they're not very close friends, acquaintances and, you know, people that you know from work or something like that, that it, it's, if you can't, and I don't know the right answer in regard to this, but if you can't kind of take a step back and, and almost have this, um, I guess, understanding or appreciation for, um, you know, people's past experiences and their, and their, the way that they've kind of uh, navigated life thus far and, and separate the politics and all those things. It's really hard to want to maintain a relationship with some of these people. You know, it's like, sometimes I sit there and I think is like, man, this person is totally lost. It's like they're, <laughs> they're out of control, you know, like, and, and I, yeah. and it's kind of one of those deals where you're just like, and, and you have to do like, almost like this, you know, what's crazy about that though? And I didn't mean to cut you off, but like, what's crazy about that, that I've noticed is that when you're in front of them and like, you have a conversation like you and I are doing now, they're a totally different human yeah, being. Yeah. Like things get, things get softer. When you can text, it's kind of like you said, society's gotten softer. That's the soft way of dealing with anything. Right. Like, and it drives, if, if you're going to chastise somebody or you're going to correct them or you're going to do whatever. It's, it's always, it's, it's, um, you know, when I say things get softer, it's like, you know, those conversations, those opinions, those things that you talk about with each other, um, if you clearly have a difference of opinion, mm -hmm. people get, they, they, they get softer in their opinions. Yeah. So they, 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 they get a little bit mushier. 
because it's different whenever you have to sit there and you know that you've got that bias in play where um, you, you can be somebody that just is, is staunchly, you know, um, I don't know, anti-gay or whatever, whatever you want to, yeah. multitude of, of things. If you're, if you're talking to somebody like that, you get into an engagement and, and you know this person, generally speaking, they're not going to be completely um, out in the open with exactly how they feel. Uh, because I think that there's an element of people where they they know sometimes that they're they're wrong or they know that they're over the top or yeah. or even to some degree they're they are uh, genuinely more of a compassionate person you know that they don't want to hurt somebody's feelings or they don't want to um, so and and so then I mean certainly you see it with the stuff with uh, social media because then. Um, you know, people, they're, they're posting the most outrageous stuff. And yes. um, it's like, you wouldn't say that to somebody face-to-face. You wouldn't say that to somebody in public. You know, you wouldn't. Um, and, and again, I don't know what to degree, you know, it's like we, we joke about, you know, people trolling and stuff on the internet. And, and I mean, I do it sometimes. It's fun, oh, yeah, you know? super fun. Uh, it, you know, and I, and I think like, as long as you're not really doing it in a hateful way, um, it's, it's not a big deal. But you see people troll with like, very just kind of hateful kind of insidious type things yeah. sometimes yeah and yeah, it, yeah. and i think it really does um it it makes it makes people think that the divide or the conflict that we're that we're all going through right now collectively is is worse than it is yeah because i think genuinely i don't think that people i think you have a very small fringe minority on both what would be considered the left and 100%. right. And then you've got this much larger kind of middle kind of ground where people are pretty close, you know, like they're not going to be exact. Uh, and certainly you get down, you know, if, if you talk about like countrywide federal level, it's like that, but then you get down to the individual States and things like that. And that divide gets smaller, and smaller, smaller, and smaller. Yeah. And, uh, and that's one of the, you know, the, the negative social media is great because um, hell, I mean, all these things that we're talking about right now with the, the blitz of, um, you know, what would be misinformation or certainly, you know, propaganda uh, that has formed all these narratives that you're supposed to be terrified of. If you're, if you're supposed to be terrified of, of uh, racial oppression or, or COVID or, or uh, you know, Ukraine or Russia or whatever, and all these different things that are supposed to make people hysterical, social media is largely responsible for that. But social media is also largely responsible for combating it. Turn it around. Because, yeah. because there's a lot of, if you didn't have that and you were just basically exposed to traditional sources like, you know, newspapers, TV, um, you know, whatever else those would be, um, radio, you would, mo- there would be more people that, that would be like, the battle would be over really, I believe, yeah. at this point. Yeah, yeah. If it wasn't for internet, if it wasn't for social media, stuff like that. Um, they would have a complete monopoly. Yeah. It, it would be over. They would. Um, they and, would. and you would be sitting there thinking, it's like, am I the lunatic? You know, because like, because <laughs> yeah. everybody apparently is of this consensus that this is, yeah. this is right. This is right. This is right. This is right. And, and I'm anti all those, you know, like I'm what, the, am I the one that's crazy? And, you know, so for all the faults that social media has, I, I, I think it's, it, you know, it's, it's more positive than negative. Yeah. There's a ton of negative associated with it for sure. And I do think you get into, we were talking about the Uvalde thing. Um, 
but all that stuff came out because of that. So like you get all that. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but what I was getting at was, is that we talk about, you know, politicizing things very quickly, whatever. We have a mental health problem in this country. That's undeniable. It, it's, it's, I mean, if you look at the singular most issue in this entire country in regards to the, 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 the issues that we have societal decay, um, it, it's, it's mental health. It's all goes down to mental health and, how in the world, because that has become a politicized topic or debate. Yep. Because it's like people people are vigorously trying to deny that that's the case. And, and it's, I'm, it's shocking to me because, because what it does, and, and I've thought a lot about this, this started basically, you know, you go back um, when COVID measures and, and, and lockdowns were going on and stuff. One of the things that, you know, certainly I was vocal about, but, but that small minority of people that were kind of like, this is not the right course of action here was what is this going to do to the next generation of kids? You know, um, you've got this generation for the last, you know, two years. Um, many of them literally didn't go to school for two years. They didn't have any social interaction other than what they got on, on the internet, on social media. Um, they, basically have spent the last two years being um i don't know if neglected is the right word but um all the kind of the the social stimulus stimulization the you know the education the the environmental uh, exposure and experiences that go along with you know having a normal productive life uh the 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 masking and and certainly again you know just just seeing all the polarization and the, and the, you know, polarization across the country and stuff, that stuff takes an effect on kids and, and constantly being fed with the idea that, uh, you know, all these horrible things are lurking around the corner. They're, you know, they're, they're coming for you. Yeah. You need to, you need to be, you need to be careful because this thing's going to get you and this thing's going to get you and this thing's going to get you. Um, and, and people very early on in the COVID thing were like, Hey, like this, this is, this is wrong. Like what we're doing to these kids is going to become, it's going to become an issue. And then, you know, the, the, what you see here recently, the last several events, these last few years of these shooters and these, these, you know, uh, mass murder events, they've mostly been kids kind of in that early, you know, late teens, early twenties. That's, that's where, that's not a coincidence. Yeah. There's something going on, you know, like there, there has been residual effects of this. Now, if you say that, you turn into public enemy number one for two reasons. The first is, is because people don't want to admit because if they were, if they were COVID lunatics, they don't want to admit that that was a bad decision. They don't want to say like, yes, we fucked these kids up because they did, you know, like that was the thing is you made a stupid decision. And again, you can argue to what degree it was for political gain or ignorance or whatever, but you made a dumb decision and now you've, really screwed up and hindered, uh, stunted a generation of kids. But then the secondary part is, is because for them, it has to be about guns. There's no other, this, we have to use yeah, this yeah. as a mechanism to make guns go away. So we can't even attribute the idea that there's something wrong with the mental health in this country, because then it would take away from the idea or agenda that it's a gun problem. It's, it's, it's completely a people problem. This is, this is a, this is a very, you know, obviously a, a mental health human issue that we need to address. 
But if you bring that up, it's like they won't even have it. You yeah. know, when they when they were talking about the the new, uh, you know, as a response, you always go through this where they're going to pass a bunch of new gun laws and things like that. One of the things people talked about was, is, well, what are you doing for mental health? Absolutely nothing. What are you going to do to fortify schools or to provide additional security? Absolutely nothing. Like these are things that could could do immediate impact. Yeah. 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 They didn't want to have anything to do with it. All it was was got to cram in as many and strike while the iron is hot and cram in as many gun gun control laws as you can because they know people are hysterical right now. And it's like the same thing with with every other issue that comes along. The immediate response is here, take all of my freedom and protect me. That's what people take it all. Just take it all, but keep me safe. And that's what they do. And so they knew that it's like we got to pass gun stuff right now, because what happens in two, three weeks, a month, two Nobody cares about it. They forget about it because you, you told them to be scared and hysterical and they did. uh, And and that like now nobody cares, you know, they'll, they'll sit there and you still have got your, you know, fringe people that are very, you know, very adamant, still hardcore, but it's funny now because we've got, we've almost got so many like problems going on that they can't even keep up anymore. You know, like you're almost losing track of what you're supposed to be an advocate for (laughs) or what you're supposed to be like, you know, anti or because it's like, shit, are we talking about Ukraine this week? Are we talking about, you know, uh, racial strife? Are we talking about like, like, what what, what are we doing this week? Like COVID, has COVID started back yet? Like, I don't know. Like, (laughs) because it's like, well, wait, it's okay. COVID will probably start up like, like right before election season again. So we've got probably got like another two months of that before we got to worry <laughs> about that. But so like right now it's like, well, what's going on with Ukraine? Like, and see, I know what's going on with Ukraine, which is like Ukraine's about to get their ass. Kicked. Yeah. They're already, they're, they're, it's, it, they're going to lose. Yeah. Um, the Anybody people who believes anything different, we're just wasting our money. We're wasting our money. Yeah. We're, you know, we're, we're continuing to launder money for, for anybody in the military that I've heard talk to you knows that. Yeah. And you know what, what, what the thing that surprised me the most is that it's taken Russia as long as it has. Like, like some people, I've also heard some people say like that, this is their MO. This, this tactic is something that he does that Russia has done for forever. Mm-hmm. But I, I hate to cut you off, but I actually have to go take the kids to the pool. Yeah. Hey, we'll man. have to do another one. I would love to. That would be yeah. awesome. Yeah. And uh, maybe uh, now you got to start your podcast. Yeah, I want to. <laughs> I definitely want to.